everyone and welcome to episode two of first rate films podcast a podcast where we look at society's must watch films from a multi-generational lens i am your host kayla i'm kayla's mom Kristen. this is the, the multi-generation right here yes Just make that clear yes. in case it wasn't obvious i'm the younger one yes you are so this is episode two Random Generator. Random Generator. Told us. A month ago. Told us to watch horror and thriller. Told you to watch Told horror. me to watch horror and thriller because my mom does not like horror. Well, but I um, I have seen two of these on your list. Yes. I just didn't need to see them again. Yes. So, and Three, full, dis- full disclosure, um, so I am new to horror. I grew up... It sounds just... I'm sorry, it doesn't sound it, right. <laughs> I know, but it's like, it. you can't, I can't. The genre. The genre of horror I'm new to because I grew up being scared of like everything. True. I was scared of a skeleton ring that yes. I had. Yeah. You remember that? The blue one was blue. Yep. Was it like a trick-or-treating thing, I think? It was a Halloween thing. Mm-hmm. Gave me nightmares. Little ring. So. Also clowns. Oh. And yet she's fascinated with it. Yeah. There's that. Yeah, because he's a little punk. The whole, point, the whole point of chapter two is that you just aren't scared of him and then he dies. <laughs> but So has that taken care of your fear of clowns? Some. I mean, I don't want a clown to like, come up to me. Like, so not really. Yeah. I'm not scared of Pennywise. So, anyways... So I'm new to horror. <laughs> I'm that new to- could have gone sideways. Okay. I'm new to horror. So a lot of these films, you're going to be like, you've never seen what? No, because I'm new to horror. So. Chill. Chill. No, you chill. I'm watching these now. So, and I liked them all. So you're welcome. So we watched, oh, I watched five films. Will you watch more? Yeah. For sure. There's definitely a lot. I mean, I'll kind of get into this as we talk about the films, but there's certain things that I've learned that I just can't handle in horror. Mm. Um, Curious to know what that is, because I didn't handle it very well, so. No, well, I handled it great. (laughs) Yes. Again. So I'll kind of talk on that later on. Um, But we picked five films um, kind of over the course of the last, you know, 60 plus years of horror just to kind of take a look at how the genre has changed over the course of those years um these are all five like we were strategic i was strategic oh okay i picked the films kind of to and these are all iconic films just in general um so i guess we'll kick it off with well let's tell everybody what we watched yes so we watched psycho what you watched psycho 
Carrie, The Shining, Get Out, and Midsommar. So five films ranging from the 60s to last year. So it's like, what a difference and the years make. Boy. So, Psycho. Alfred 19, Hitchcock. Alfred Hitchcock, 1960. 1960. This was the... Predates me, even. Predates you. Just a little bit. But classic. Classic, classic horror. Starring Anthony Perkins, Janet Lee, Vera Miles. Mm-hmm. Three very... Um, big, yeah. big names back then. Yep. Um, so I feel like most people have, they know what Psycho is about in case you are under a rock. Um, so basically it opens and there's a secretary who is embezzling money and she goes on the run. She stops at this, um, hotel run by what you think is a man and his mother. Um, spoiler alert, it's, it's not. Um, and she is killed. And, uh, then her, um, you know, people are brought in to investigate the murder. And they're led to the same hotel. And they first are like, oh, it's just a weird guy. And then they're like, oh, maybe it's not. And, um, find out that he's actually, uh, He's got a little bit of a personality disorder and a little bit of one. <laughs> Thinks he's his mom, who's a skeleton. Hello, Oedipus. You. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, it was a good film. I I feel like it... Black and white, right? Black and white, yes. Um, I feel like it didn't have a big impact on me because the two kind of, like, big scary scenes slash twists are so iconic mm-hmm. that you know they're coming. The shower scene in the scene where you find out that his mom's dead. Yeah. Um. So for that, so like in terms of like scare... Didn't keep you up after you no. watched it. In terms of scare factor, it was like, you know, because... Oh, so is that the scale that we're going to do this rating on? The paw rating? Is it going to be a scare factor? I think scare factor and also just overall quality. Okay. Because I could I could do two, two different. Ratings, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. So scare factor there wasn't really any for this one. Just again because you know it's coming. Right. And so now. It's, yeah. But in 1960. Yeah. Hoo-wee. But it's interesting because you know this was this is R, and I think this was the first movie that they show a toilet flushing in. I read that because really you couldn't show toilets on film. Back to last episode, we were talking so, about things that you could do and couldn't do in film. So it was like that, and I think I remember also reading somewhere that um, people were kind of against the shower scene mm-hmm. because it's implied that she's naked, mm-hmm. and Alfred Hitchcock was like, "You don't see any tits, like, you know, because you don't. It's just her. It's here up, mm-hmm. you know, and so it's like you you see nothing. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, obviously she's." naked because she's in the shower one would hope i mean people shower bathing all the time maybe i don't know but yeah so it's kind of weird to be like oh that's the first film where they did that and then it's like but it's just like a you wouldn't think about that now 
you know, like you wouldn't sit at the toilet and be like, ew, a toilet. I mean, maybe you would, but like. <laughs> no, because now the toilet is like, oh, flush the drugs down the toilet or flush the whatever yeah. down the toilet or flush the goldfish down the toilet or, it's or flush like, the kid down the toilet. Or it's even like an ambience thing. Yeah. You know, like a kind of like a real, like a, adding the aspect of real life to a film. Like you, mm-hmm. people go to the bathroom. And so it's like, you know, mm-hmm. you know, the actress who played Marion, um, Janet Lee, was a big name back then. And so she, she was. was on the promotion of the film. And then they kill her off. And it's kind of that, like, oh my god, it's almost like, um, in Scream, mm-hmm. Drew Barrymore, mm-hmm. you know, which I haven't seen either, but I know that she was kind of the big name on the phone, and she's the first one to die. So it's... What? What? It's like, wait, wasn't she... Wasn't she in... This is why I paid my money for. Wasn't she in the <laughs> movie? Not even going to be in most of it. Or, like, I don't get one yeah. other thing. There was one... Some it's the shocking death scene yeah. at the start, right? Yeah. Yeah. You know, killing off your star power. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, where you go from there. And I think they did. I mean, it went well from there. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I didn't really, you know, I can't be like, oh, my God. Like, yeah, they- now, help me remember. Does I believe Alfred Hitchcock kind of puts himself in his movies. Both in his- oh, yes, he did. He's, yeah. yeah, he's uncredited, but he's in the film as a um, more, smaller mm-hmm. extra part. Yeah. Yeah. So looking at, because one of the things that we said we would talk about in our dialogue is, you know, our 2020 lens, and we're mm-hmm. looking at things that were made a different time, different cultural, mm-hmm. you know, reality, um, different aesthetics, different toilet flushing, like who knew, right? Yeah, I know. Um, I mean, I knew that you could only show twin beds if they were showing married people, like could only be in twin beds for a very, very long time in movies and television. Mm-hmm. Um looking back on something made in 1960 or debuted in 1960 what surprised you either about the quality the acting the directing the cinematography because alfred hitchcock was also doing a lot of Mm -hmm. very different things yes in his movies yes um i think it was i mean it was good like so clearly the shower scene groundbreaking right yeah groundbreaking groundbreaking shower scene um toilet scene toilet like, scene clearly there's a bathroom thing going on yeah, with alfred just, then just who knows <laughs> just send the hotel legacy needed the bathroom it's like you got the bedroom in the bathroom that's it for yeah, a hotel right. you know yeah um but yeah i mean i thought it was that it was really good i the use of black and white in this mm-hmm. film because they could have made it in color could have i think it effective i think it added i think it added to it mm-hmm. i think it kind of gave it that like noiry noir yeah well noiry like mm. noiry feel um it kind of helped with like the the ambience of it mm-hmm. okay pause for the horror factor horror factor probably like a 3 it overall just quality factor or overall one to six i I think they could remake this film well they have kind of remade the prequel of this yeah they've made the prequel but the film itself i feel like they could remake it Mm -hmm. um and it would definitely be a lot scarier if they Mm -hmm. remade it now probably a lot bloodier probably a lot bloodier for sure um but yeah i think 
Six, I would say. Okay. Carrie. So I will, I saw this in the theaters. It was my first R-rated movie with my dad, who I don't think knew he was taking his daughter to an R-rated movie because I am 100% sure I was not legally old enough to see it. So. So. Whew. I have just so many memories still of blood, 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 blood. There's lots of blood. So this is Carrie. This is Stephen King. Yep. Um, Love him, hate him. This was a really good movie. I really liked it. Also a musical. Mm. In case you didn't know mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. Made in 1976. Six. Oh, the Bicentennial. Um, yeah, so I was a uh, rising freshman. Well, I was freshman in the fall of 1976. Um We mentioned that we have other things going on in the house when we record this, and Bucky the cat is in a really interesting position on the floor near the table where we're recording this. Anyway, um, yeah, I am pretty sure my dad was horrified that he took me to see this. Yeah. Um, Well, I remember when I came up after watching it, and you were like, did you like it? And I said that I felt like it wasn't a horror it was like a tragedy mm-hmm. unpack that for us Kayla so we haven't seen Carrie um, it opens and there's a girl who's very like kind of you can tell that she's bullied and shunned even just from the opening scene um, and she is in the locker room after gym class and she gets her period mm-hmm. um which I was like, boy, blood one. <laughs> That's relatable. <laughs> um, mine wasn't in drama class. I was in drama class. So. Um, and she freaks out because you learn that her mother um, is like extremely religious and believes that, you know, all sexuality is bad. She believes that, you know, the period is bad and it's a sign of like you're lusting now and so she never learned about that um and so she's freaking out because she's like bleeding and she doesn't know what Mm -hmm. it is and she gets you know tampons and pads thrown at her um which doesn't help at all um clearly uh and you learn that her kind of like one like saving grace is the gym teacher who mm-hmm. does like her and she kind of takes her and is like here's what's happening and so she goes home her mom freaks out on her um and makes her like recite like bible verses to like cleanse herself and then she goes into this like room where she prays and it, there's just like really 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 creepy unsettling crucified jesus in the room um, with these really unsettling eyes. <laughs> really unsettling. Um, and, uh, and then she learns that she is telekinetic. Mm-hmm. Which, obviously, her mom is, like, the devil. That's the devil. You know, even though it's not. It's just, mm-hmm. she just has powers. Um, and, um... You know, she's kind of bullied, then she gets, there's prom's coming up, 
Yep. Um, and uh, the, prom. the prom, the prom, the bloody, bloody the prom. prom. Um, and a lot of the girls who are bullying her, um, or a handful of them are not allowed in prom, um, as punishment. And so one of them, um, who is, she kind of has like a change of heart, um, and realizes that Carrie is kind of not like she, you know, she's not a bad person. Mm-hmm. Um, she gets her boyfriend, Tommy, to ask Carrie to prom. And of course, Carrie first is like, this is the trick. You know, and Tommy's like, oh, it's not, you know. And then, of course, her mom was like, don't go to prom. She was like, sit down, shut up, mom. Tell kind of the flowers. <laughs> um, she goes to prom and she has a really good prom. Like, you know, for the most part, like, she and Tommy are, like, actually, like, falling in love. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, you know, it's not going to end because, you know, how it, because everyone knows how Carrie ends. And you learn that there has just been this plot to rig prom king and queen to get Carrie and Tommy to win so they can dump pig blood on her. And obviously, she wins and they dump, they dump it on her. Tommy ends up getting killed first. Um, and then she locks them all in and just starts killing everyone with, you know, setting fire to things and knocking, like, you know, stuff, stuff and beams. And, um, it was sad because she, like, at first she was like, oh, she's going to let some people go. But when you watch her kill the teacher... It's like, oh, no, she's, like, you know, she's... Burn the ships. Yep, and then she goes home to her mom, uh, who her mom tries to kill her, and she ends up um, basically crucifying her mom before kind of letting the house burn down around them, and they both die. So, definitely, I mean, there are some, like, horror aspects of it. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, but overall it felt very much like the story of a outsider who basically had no one, mm-hmm. got these powers and didn't have anyone to like help her with them or with anything in life. Mm-hmm. And it like was basically pushed and pushed and pushed to the point of like, you know, well... I'm just gonna, it's like, when you, like, bottle up emotions, Mm -hmm. and then they all come out at once, Mm -hmm. except in her case, it's, results in people dying. Yeah. You know, so. Yeah, so we live in a time of epic bullying, right? Mm Mm-hmm. And high school's just a cesspool a lot of times for a lot of people. Um, Imagine if bullied people all had superpowers, like, probably would be a whole lot less people in the Earth yeah. world. But one, how sad is it, right? Like, that. yeah. So I hear you on tragedy, because I didn't, I don't, re, you know, I didn't process it that way. But your lens is really interesting on that, because I think it's, it's the what if thing, right? What yeah. if just one person? Well, yeah, and you see, teacher, but the and you see, like, compounded. the gym teacher was helping her, you know, Tommy ends up really liking her, and you're like, oh, they, they could have been together. Mm-hmm. The pig blood thing hadn't happened you mm-hmm. know and that was pretty clear where like they were gonna be a thing if like that hadn't happened 
but it's just kind of that like one thing after another and it's like you know and, yeah i mean it's it's, it's more of like a tragic vengeance movie yeah really yeah right? yeah yeah from that perspective also didn't know this when i watched this but john travolta's in this movie in this movie john travolta oh yes yes mm-hmm. i was like oh there he is so he's a bad guy yep he's, he's the guy who kills the pigs with pig blood yep 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 pre vinnie barbarossa i believe my recall of 70s 80s tv stuff sure. but before he made his big yeah 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 big and bigger yes so pause horror factor horror factor probably like a six and a half yeah overall quality i would say like an eight they liked it really good yeah i like it yeah um would you watch it again yeah i feel like there's things that i would that i've missed like little things Mm -hmm. i mean i like stephen king i've learned that so okay Cool. Next up on the list is The Shining. Speaking of Stephen King. Yeah. So this is a funny one because Jack Nicholson. Jack Nicholson. Whoo! This is this is a this is a funny one because I saw Doctor Sleep in theaters when it came out last fall, which is the sequel to The Shining. Doctor mm-hmm. Sleep is about grown-up Danny, and it stars Ewan McGregor, and I like Star Wars. I'm very simple. There's your brain again. So it was funny watching that first mm-hmm. and then going back and watching The Shining because obviously, again, like with, with a lot of these older movies, like, you know The Shining. Just like being someone who watches movies, you know about The Shining. You know, there's the maze, he freezes, there's the, here's Johnny, you know. Um, Johnny. Uh, you know, the kid, the, come and play with us, Danny. Like all these scenes that you know, like, you know. Mm-hmm. Because they've become iconic. Because they become yep. iconic scenes. Yep. So, but it was interesting watching the movie, and seeing what else filled in the blanks. Because mm-hmm. it's a long movie; it's like two and a half hours long, mm-hmm. and you only know about like five minutes of it. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's like, how do you get, like, what happened? Yeah, what to happens get to yep. get from here to here to here to here to here? So, Jack Nicholson, very good. He's terrific. He's really good. He's so good. When I was watching my uh, Best Picture winners, I remember really liking him in uh, One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Mm-hmm. That was a really good movie that he was in as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. So it was really good. Um, what surprised the- you? So this one was made in... 70... Um, Late 70s. 79, I think? Yep. Sh- I spelled Shining wrong. Shining. 80. 1980. Okay. So. So Stephen King, Carrie comes out in mid-70s. 70s, and then The Shining. Shining comes out in... 80. 80. Mm-hmm. The hits just keep coming they from just, that, Mr. King. Just keep coming. We're going to have to, at some point in this endeavor that we're on, look at the common things. We were talking about this last night when we watched Stand By Me. Also Stephen King. Also. Um, The commonalities, like how he threads Mm -hmm. 
across his common stories. themes and yeah you know just we talked about places and houses and stuff like that but yes that that can be its own we'd have to do a lot more research on that but yeah. anyway back to the, the shining. shining what surprised you um especially having watched the sequel yeah well i think the sequel helps explain what the shining actually is Ooh, yeah. um because all you know all you know in the first one was that Danny, who's the little, who's the son, um, has this gift, and he's like telepathic. Mm-hmm. Um, you learn in the sequel that The Shining is actually more than that, and you can have different powers with it. So you meet people who can do different things. Mm-hmm. Um, but in the film, it's, in this one, it's just Danny. So I think having that knowledge of like what it actually is helps kind of because you're like oh it's like and you learn that the hotel the building itself has the shining too which is why everyone's kind of powers are amplified there Mm -hmm. um and why jack goes crazy because there's that kind of like weird like juju stuff going on um weird juju Yes. I can do words well. But it was really good. Good thing we're doing a podcast. Yes. <laughs> you liked it. Yes, I did really like it. Um, on the horror side, places where you went, <gasps> or were there any? Um, There were a couple. Again, this was kind of the film where, like, you know the scenes, mm-hmm. you know. Um, the scene with the old lady in the bathtub little unsettling um back to that bathroom thing um the whole ending sequence where jack is chasing um danny and his mom around like you know what's like you know they're gonna get out Mm -hmm. you know but it's still kind of really like oh my god how are like unsettling because but yeah i think even though you knew it was gonna like, even though you knew they were going to escape, it was still scary. Yeah. You know? Um, which I think is good. Because if it was... Like, if... Them knowing... If you know they're going to get out... Detracts from the horror. But then that's not... You know, then... Mm-hmm. The suspense has to be peaceful. Yeah. 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 So, pause. Horror pause. Um, say seven. Hi. Yeah, it's good. Quality pause. Uh, seven. Seven, seven. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's good. I'm not rating these because she hasn't seen them. I have seen them. I haven't seen them recently, and I did not care to rewatch them. So I'm playing more of an interviewer role here. Yes, I guess that wasn't clear. <laughs> so scene setup. Okay, so the next one's Get Out. Get Out. This one is. Boy. I said when we were talking about this before we started recording, this conversation could go in a whole bunch of different ways given the context could. that we are currently yes. in right now in the yes. US. So made in twenty seventeen. Twenty seventeen, Jordan Peel. Really good movie. It's this is one that I know people are gonna be like, You haven't seen Get Out yet? What kind of person are you? Again, I've I, seen it now. I didn't like horror until last year. 
I've watched it now. It is very good. It is incredibly well done. <laughs> um, I won't go into the plot of it just because I'm sure that people are who have watched it know what it's, what it. it's about. And But it's very much a racial horror. Um, obviously, we are two white people. Um, <laughs> so I won't try to speak to you know certain parts of it but I can say from just a filmmaking standpoint it was very well done um very like in terms of horror um it's definitely for the first like three quarters just unsettling mm -hmm. instead of like kind of horror um and then it gets really violent at the end really violent yes really violent yeah. at the end um but the unsettling piece is just because it's like the morality yeah it's like right there's different kinds of horror and yeah. suspense right yeah like there's the blood and guts the e -e -e -e, but yeah. then there's just like this it's almost like mental like psychological yes horror. yeah and emotional yeah Right, like there's some things like in in Psycho or Carrie, where I mean, you like you have an emotional reaction. Yeah. But the terror, it seems to me on this one, is more like this is fundamentally yeah messed bad. up. Like it's just messed up. Yeah. Yeah, and then there's obviously some graphic bits at the end with the brain transplant and um, where Chris stabs the dad with the deer antlers, which I was like. Well deserved. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, oh look, we did that at the same time. That's so funny. Mother daughter. But yeah, it was. We don't share a brain. We promise. No. Um, I'm doing a quick check on Jordan. Jordan Peele also did Us, another horror film that I haven't seen, which I will watch because now I know that I like Jordan Peele movies. Film. So, my question around this I mean, you use the term racial horror mm -hmm. and obviously the racial dialogue that's happening in june 2020 because who knows when people will listen to this is pretty pointed yes and it was an issue in 2017 when the movie was made yeah right it's just now amplified so yeah. my now i'm like i really well, want to interview jordan peele oh for so sure like, were you yeah well i also were you just helping us see well, it's interesting because, um, so the ending of the movie, Chris gets out. He's got a um, friend who works as a TSA agent who has realized that he's missing and that no one else really seems to care. Um, and drives out to his girlfriend's house and finds him as he's escaping and gets him out. Um, and all that family dies. So, you know. But there is actually an alternate ending that I watched because it's on the I watched this on Amazon so it's on the Amazon version of the movie where this was very much like watching and you're like oh boy that's a little too close to home where it's all the same Chris he kills the dad he kills the mom the girlfriend pursues him out of the house you know, and he ends up killing her, or the actually the gardener kills her, um, and then himself. But 
it's just Chris left. And you see the lights come up. And you're like, oh my god, it's his friend. He's, And it's just some random cops. And so they see a black man standing over a white woman's body. And they arrest Chris. So the last scene is Chris and his friend talking on the phone in jail. Wow. Which I was like, boy. <laughs> wow. Yeah. But that's not the one I put in. No, that's the alternate. Mm-hmm. That's the, yeah, no. The so the ending like, ending was... is, the ending ending is he gets out. Yeah. Yeah. Which I was like, Jordan Peele, man. You go, dude. Yeah. Oof. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, powerful. It's interesting yeah. how... Almost, you could almost say, I was going to use the word prophetic, not prophetic. It was. It was happening then still. It was a lens that he had and a unique experience that he had yeah. and a story that he and it's was so, helping people see. It's with. so crazy how so much of that film could actually happen. Like, not like the brain transplant part of it, obviously, but just like the being lured into a sense of security, you know, and then being exploited or hurt murdered is happening you know is happening you know um and just putting in that lens of just like oh we're gonna add some horror elements to it Mm -hmm. you know to make it seem like oh not realistic but it's like Mm -hmm. but it is yeah i'm just i will say it as an old white woman older white woman middle-aged white woman i feel like he was almost telegraphing Mm -hmm. you know to society like no yeah i've put some horror elements in this but but it's Pay yeah. freaking attention. Yeah. And I think... I'm going to double check this because if I don't, I'm going to feel really bad. Um, yes. he Yes. So, Jordan Peele, he won the Oscar for Best Original Screenplay for this movie. Mm-hmm. And he was the first African-American to win that award. I remember you celebrating that, actually. I did. And I hadn't seen the movie yet. I was like, yay! Um, so, yeah. Very very good film i honestly think that you would like it because it the only like graphic bits are at the very end of it and you can just tell me to stop watching and i could just be like cover your eyes yeah (laughs) go to the bathroom mom and stay there for a while (laughs) yeah but i think i I think you would actually like this film a lot i have to take a look at it then so (sighs) pause pause horror terror pause horror pause i'd say like a eight just yeah it's just really on that emotional side yeah yeah. not in the like Mm -hmm. side um so you're doing it (laughs) um quality it's like nine and a half it's really really you're perfect in your mind yeah from the filmmaking and the acting from the storytelling and the whole yes just really good excellent good which takes us to Midsummer. Yes, which I called Midsummer. Yes, everyone does. It does it's mid Midsummer, but I'll probably call it both over the course of the episode, so So before we get into this And people are gonna be wondering So did you watch Redditary? No. Because going back to things that I know I like in horror now now, um I can do some blood. I, I don't really like slasher flicks. So things like Halloween, Nightmare on Elm Street, Friday the 13th, 13th yep. all those are out. Um, 
They don't like zombie flicks. I don't but really. You didn't hate The Walking Dead. I did. Trevor, Trevor likes it. Oh, okay. I th- thought you liked it. Too. No, I, I, I couldn't make it through one episode. Good so to know. don't like zombies. I uh, don't really like self self-inflicted body horror. <laughs> self mutilation. Yes, self mutilation, which you've seen Hereditary. You know that boy so I haven't seen Hereditary but the the trailer gave me nightmares so but I wanted to watch an Ari Aster film and Midsommar is obviously out as well and I I like Florence Pugh so it seemed like a kind of a good way to close out the category see his style without traumatizing myself with Hereditary so Midsommar Long movie. Pretty, like, long movie. Um, didn't feel very long, though. Um, very... I said it was... I said to my mom, it was a strangely aesthetically pleasing horror film. Because it's set in the Midsommar Festival, and so it's all very... Like, blue skies and green fields and flowers and... People Use dying. the word light. Yes. Like didn't use the dark kind of creepy, yes, gross yes. Like if you were to look trope. at, yeah, like it, you know, if, I mean, comparing it to like Hereditary, which is a very dark film, tonally and like cinematographically, which or whatever that word is, is the word now. <laughs> um, compared to this, both very kind of twisted plots, but like. You know, you're like, oh, that's so pretty. Until it's not. Yes. What surprised you? Also, why did you want to... What, so, you know, there's a ton of things mm. you could have chosen. Why did you pick this one? Ariaster. Ariaster, Florence Pugh. Um, I'd wanted to watch it for a while. Um, I kind of had a thing with horror where... I like to know what's coming. So that I know if I will like it. Because, like I said, I can... Certain things I know I can't handle. Mm-hmm. So, a lot of times, I won't see horror films in theaters because of that. Um, obviously, sometimes I'll release everything online, mm-hmm. you know, so I can read it and then see if I want to watch it. But a lot of times, it's, it's easier for me to just wait until it comes out and then watch it at home. This was one of those films where I was like, I want to watch it. But, I mean, 2019 had just so many good films that it's at, at a point you're like I you can't watch them all in theaters you know yeah. like yep. so but and I knew that people were comparing it to Hereditary and people kind of thought that Hereditary was the better film um so I was like well is it is this actually good? Mm-hmm. You know, I thought it was good. You know, um, I thought uh, people when it came out called it a really good breakup film, which you can see why. Cause you wouldn't be getting back together again. No. <laughs> um. 
but yeah, it was good. I thought that, um, you know, Florence's character, Danny, was really well done. Um, kind of that look at, like, grief mm-hmm. and what it does to you when, like, you know, when you're grieving something like your whole family basically being killed all at once and you don't really deal with it. Mm-hmm. Um because there's this whole, you know, kind of overarching thing where she doesn't really let herself cry. Um, like, she kind of, like, you know... Which, obviously, you know... Again, it's, like, going back to Carrie, kind of the bottling up of emotions. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, Danny isn't telekinetic, but she finds an outlet in this cult that she becomes kind of entangled with. And, you know, it's... And she thinks she has her boyfriend as well, but then she sees her boyfriend cheating on her. Um, and it is kind of like the like the the final straw. You know, and she's like, okay, well, I have no, I have no one now. Mm-hmm. Like, my family said my boyfriend is a cheater. You know? Yay for the cult! Um, and, I mean, the last shot of this film is, you know, again, one of those films that I I think it's going to become, like, an iconic horror shot um, with Danny watching the tent with her boyfriend in it burning. Um, and at first, she's, like, you know, really upset. And, like, everyone's, like, you know, freaking out. And, you know, she's, like, crying. And then she slowly starts to smile. Mm-hmm. And it's, like, that, like, twisted smile. Mm-hmm. You know, like, the, like... Um, and then, you know, the end and it's like, yeah, one of those like Mm -hmm. really iconic horror shots as that because it was just so unsettling. Mm -hmm. And of course, you know, you're kind of like, oh, well, you know, she, like, she's found her people, you know? So it's like on that one hand, you're like, oh, like, you know, her, I mean, her boyfriend over the course of the film is really just like a piece of shit to her. Mm-hmm. Like it's not like a new thing. Like he's just not a great boyfriend. Her his friends are shittier to her, you know. And so it's kind of like she doesn't really have anyone, mm-hmm. even if she thinks she does. And so at the end, you 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 know, part of you is like, oh well, she's like she's found her people. Like mm-hmm. sure, they're a murder cult, letting herself feel emotions, and mm-hmm. she's like freeing herself from her past and her you know shitty boyfriend and all that so there's kind of like that double thing of the coach she went a little psycho but also like i mean like who wouldn't Mm. yeah so power of grief for sure yes power of isolation yes power of um loneliness yes Yes. Right. For sure. Being misunderstood. Mm-hmm. Horror factor. Pause. I want to say like a... Well, hello, thunderstorm. Ominous. <laughs> it has turned rather ominous outside. As we've been talking about horror films. I would say like a... Horror factor, like a... Seven and a half. Mm-hmm. Likeability or overall quality? I'd say like a seven and a half, eight. Okay. 
Yes. So out of the list, Get Out is your favorite. Yes. For sure. Yes. Would say Carrie and Midsommar were pretty close. Mm-hmm. Second. And then just The Shining and then Psycho. And you've learned about and where you can land with horror and yes. thrillers. Yes. And you'll be watching more of them. Yes. And I will not. Well, I might watch Get Out. Now I think you said that. I think you would like Get Out. You know what my personal freak out yes. threshold is. Yes. It's... But also, there's that, like, justice side. Yeah. There's that, there's that, it's just a really good movie, you know? It's like... Okay. Where, yeah, okay. I'll have to ponder it a bit. Yes. So, so some categories, just to tee this up for everybody, I think we've made the case. I, some movies I will not watch, and I will just add more active as an interviewer and listener. Yes. Um, but I might... And Kayla and I don't discuss any of the questions that I might ask her before then or what we're going to no. talk about. We kind of just do this in the moment. So, you know, sometimes it'll be great conversation. Sometimes it's just not going to be great conversation and that's okay too. But um, I think there's going to be some things where I want to pull out like the power, like what we just did with this mm-hmm. one, right? The power of loneliness. Yeah. Grief that is not able to be expressed and how that can go sideways. And, mm-hmm. Like, because there's things in it. Yeah. You know, people write movies and make movies because they have a story. And mm-hmm. there's, it's not, in my opinion, just about the story. Yeah. Right. There's something else, that bigger kind of thread. Yes. So maybe we'll pull those out a little bit more, too, as we continue to figure out what we're doing in this podcast. Yes. So. Because now we're at the end of episode two. Yes. And normally. And we'll wear different clothes for episode three because yes. we won't shoot that right after this one. Yes. We'll shoot it on Sunday tomorrow. <laughs> oh, we are. Yeah. I told you this already. I didn't remember that. We, I said, well, we can shoot Stand By Me on Sunday. Okay. So, episode three is Stand By Me. One movie. One, one episode. One movie that I could talk about for probably like five hours. Ooh. Really good. <laughs> Why? That was really good. Oh, Stand By Me. And then what's our next category going to be? Uh, LGBT films. LGBT films. Which we have already discussed doing that um during pride month during pride month which we is might not get it out in pride month we won't get it out during pride month but we will record during pride month or close to maybe right after depending on how fast we can watch movies yes so cool well this was horrific no <laughs> it was a thriller no bad sorry those are not good puns also just a fair warning in advance. Um, I'm gonna bring up Stand by Me in every episode from now on. No, you're not. <laughs> yes, I am. No. Nope. Yes, I am. Nope. nope. I'm calling nope. it. I'm calling it right now. Nope. I'm calling it right now. I'm gonna nope. bring it up. With How many every... categories do we have? Uh, in when total, we did their random. It's like twenty-four. Twenty-four ish. categories. Yeah. We've done. So, we'll be doing this for a while. Yeah. Also, I feel like. I mean, we have. Are, this is where this is where I do stuff and Kayla's like, um, mom, shut up. Um, like, send us movie recommendations. Yes, for sure. Send we can movie. add categories. We got. I'm probably. I mean, I can think of one that I might want to add right now. So, the Stand by Me category. Since we literally just added that last night. No, that was already a category. <laughs> <laughs> Films people are shocked you didn't see. Ooh, there'd be that too. It's like half the list. All of the list, mostly. Yeah. That's the point of the... Sep- it's... Yeah. Right. Send us ideas. Yeah. 
give us ideas for or, or theme ideas you know categories category yeah. ideas mm-hmm. and we can do genre or director or actor the only actor that we're doing as a full category is leo because leo that's my son it's not it is my son <laughs> thanks for joining us see you next time <laughs> <laughs>